Welcome to the Are You Screwed podcast. Yeah. 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 Two steps. It's here. Another episode of the Are You Screwed podcast where we only wish we were blacked out last weekend. Alongside Adam. What's up, guys? Max. Yo. I'm Mike. To talk about another horrible weekend in Rutgers football history. Do we have to talk? I ask, I ask this every time. Do we have to talk about it? I didn't see the game, so I, I, I didn't watch it. Mike, did you watch it? I know. Adam oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. It was fun. I was at a wedding, so I was following on Game Tracker, and it kind of went as, as I thought it would. Uh, I mean, I, I had no real feel going into it, and they got blown out, and we can't be surprised by that. Yeah, I was uh, very happy that this is uh, early October is my travel time for, for work, so I got to be away from, uh, from the blackout. I'm sure most people really wanted to black out after sitting through that. I guess, like, again, nothing surprising. It was better than the last blackout, because remember, the last blackout was 78 nothing. That was the last blackout. So progress here. Um, I mean, as far as the crowd was concerned, that, that the crowd was, you know, everyone was wearing black, because that game was sold out, I think, um, or at least close to sold out. Whereas this one, there was no crowd. Yeah, it wasn't really a blackout so much as, like, a black striping of the crowd. Um, but... I mean, really, what is there to say about the game? Like, I not, do, I do, actually, I do want to say something. I think last weekend you said, you know, teams should pass the ball against Rutgers. It's really the easiest way to score against them. <laughs> <laughs> I think Illinois would, would disagree with that assessment based on the 78 long rushing touchdown. Look, Mike, this is an equal opportunity bad defense. Some weeks we see them get gashed by Kansas uh, on the ground. We see them get gashed uh, on the ground by Illinois. And some weeks they get torched through the air, uh, like against Ohio State and Buffalo. They're just... They switch it up every week, and this week it was they didn't want to stop the run. You know how bad the Rutgers defense is. You can tell how the year was set up for Kansas. They just fired their offensive coordinator tonight. <laughs> what? Before really? Before we started taping this. So they wish that they could play Rutgers pretty much every week. That is where we have gotten wait, wait, to at this point. They, wait, they, wait. They just, David Beatty fired his offensive coordinator this evening. Wait. Kansas scored 55 points in a game I think year. they had two defensive touchdowns, right? They did. So okay, 41. They scored 41 <laughs> points in a game this year, and they thought their offense was so bad, they fired their offense coordinator. But like, you want to keep a job here, you better score 70 against Rutgers. It's a Big 12, man. you got to keep up with the Big 12 <laughs> offenses, I guess. I mean... Oh, my God. But, yeah, wow. I mean, go. I mean, uh, the defense just continues. It's just amazing how god-awful they are. And I think it's funnier each week. Um, we'll actually get to talk to... Uh, our, our guest Keith Sargent is going to be on with us tonight, so uh, he gets to deal with this every week. It's like, what is Chris Ash going to say or deflect or make an excuse on defensively? It's kind of fun to play that game now. Every week, it's it's what could possibly be the reason for the sucking. Yeah, but one of the things that I've noticed, you hear this among fans, really in any sport, uh, but especially in football, that you, you, the fans say, if only they played harder, if only they tried more. Like these guys just aren't good at tackling. Like, one of the things we've seen is bad tackling, right? And again, I didn't see the game on Saturday, but I'm guessing there was a lot of bad tackling. And... No, no, no. It was actually worse. They didn't even have the chance on You yeah. should actually go watch some of those runs where we watched we, the game. We tweeted a few of them out. Yeah, they weren't, we, like, nobody within a 10-yard vicinity. Oh. Like, I'm, so, not, I'm not a footballologist, but... 
I feel like they lost contain a lot of times. This is now the, the right term. This is the podcast. Mike's sitting here eating gummies as we uh, Halloween recorded. gummies. Halloween gummies. I mean, they look—they were delicious. He gave me a pack, which is very nice of him. But we're, now we're the podcast that eats while while we're uh, while we're recording. It's good radio. Um, but like, so what you're saying is that they weren't even missed tackles. There was just miss. There was no did, opportunities. For Max, tackles. did you see uh, or read the quote from Ash? I don't. I think it was on Monday. It may have been from over the weekend, where the blame this week defensively is because they don't have depth, which he's used already about the depth stuff, now the depth is causing competition issues in practice. He's saying that these guys know that they're going to be starting and they don't have to worry about anybody behind them competing for their job, that they're becoming lazy. He said this? Yes. He didn't use the word lazy. but he is that the... Yes. He basically was like, well, in practice, when you don't have that guy behind you fighting for your job, you kind of lose focus. I swear that is the Wait quote. a second. Okay, coach. Then that's where the coach comes in and says, let's go, guys. Let's go. Like, what are you, like, what are you talking right? about? At, at that point, he's now saying that motivation is an issue. And I'm pretty sure one of his jobs and his staff's jobs has to be to motivate his players. Look, I, I, I wouldn't want to be Chris Ash. Right? Actually, we can talk about this at, at some point. I would not want to be Chris Ash right now, but that is not something that needs to be Yeah, we're going to, I guess we're going to get in. Do you think he spends more time on like excuses than he does on defensive game plans? Like that, how many more do you oh, have I mean, if you have to change but, it up but, every but, weekend? What is he supposed, here's the thing. I, I don't think he should have said that. But he's got to say something. Like he, he's put in front of the media every week. He has to answer questions, and it's like I know that's if you. The thing is, and we do this on this podcast all the time. If you talk for long enough, you're going to say a lot of dumb stuff. Yes, oh, and like, God. and it, hand sure, up. And sure, it has increased more this season with Chris Ash, and he should not be talking about how his players aren't motivated. Like you're, you're kind of telling on yourself there, um, but. I kind of understand where he's just going to keep reaching for some. I get it. Like, I mean, I like the, the passing the buck thing there. Like, all right, like we want to talk about accountability all the, all this time. He's actually saying right there, <laughs> there's no accountability for my players. Here's me taking no accountability for myself. He didn't pass like, the it's buck. It's so meta. It's not passing the buck. It was like, he, in, in a way, it's almost sort of admirable, his honesty. It's not what you want to hear. You want him to say, you know, our guys are motivated. They're out there playing, like playing their hardest. I would kind of like him to almost come out and say, "Okay, you know these guys, like they're just, they're trying their hardest. They're just not. <laughs> they're not good. We need, yeah, like we need more time." Four, he tried that actually when he said four or five, six year rebuild. Yes, right? and we yes. got mad at that too. So, so that- he's here's the thing: when the team's one and five and they're getting blown out every week, you're going to find something that he says that you're not going to like every week. He's not helping himself the things he's saying, but I kind of understand. Like he, you're going to get mad at him no matter what. In- in all honesty, actually, the offense has kind of gone as we expected to a certain extent from when we talked about it in week one, yeah. which is basically see some progression in Sitkowski, which everybody like 13 straight passes that, in the first that nine, third quarter. That nine for nine, 84-yard drive yeah, or whatever everybody said was fantastic. Um, the running backs haven't been awful. The wide receivers have actually showed some flashes the last couple of weeks. Tight end Jonathan Lewis. The, the O-line is the issue, which we knew going in was probably going to be a big cause for concern. Right. They haven't even played the great teams yet, but that's why that's why he, there's no mention of McNulty and anything like that. They've actually been yeah. fine. It's the, his it, defense that oh. has been so bad. Like, this is Chris Ash's specialty, and 
that is where the biggest concern has to be right now. This is You brought him in to be the defensive guru, come in, stabilize the program, and dude, you're all, your defense, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's not even and, remotely competitive. And, it, and like we were saying, it's an equal opportunity bad defense. It's not just bad at stopping the run. It's, it's also bad at stopping the pass. Like in the past, remember, and I, this is what we've talked about before, that they've been decent at stopping the run. Now, when you get run to the outside, their linebackers don't have the speed and, and teams were able to run to the outside. But as far as stopping runs up the middle, through the first two years of, of Chris Ash, they were really good at that. This year, teams are just running right up the middle, and there's just no resistance. And yeah, depth is a problem, all that stuff, but they got they have to be better than this on defense for, for Chris Ash to save any face. Did you see, uh, Max, and uh, Mike, I don't know if you saw this too, uh, James Cratch, I think it was today, put it out, the statistics – on percentage of the plays that go for like over 50 yards like 50? he he broke it down per game like the amount the percentage of plays that go for either scoring or big plays and how much of that total offense for the opposing team the numbers are crazy there's like four games already where it's nine percent of like the play total plays run go for over 50% of the total yards on offense. Because it's been we've seen so many big plays. If you think about it, and I'll, I'll look up the stats in a second, I bet Rutgers red zone defense numbers really aren't that bad. I'm going to look them up right now. because they, they, they probably just don't get to right, the red zone. Right. It's like all... We've seen so many big touchdowns um, from opposing teams. Like, they, they can't stop the big play. They're not getting... Like, when teams try to grind it out, we saw it in the second half against Indiana. We saw it in the second half against Buffalo. We saw it a little bit, I guess, in the second half against Illinois. When teams try to grind it out, like, they don't do well against Rutgers. But when they go for the big plays... But, like, what's a big play? I mean, there's the quarterback... I didn't see uh, again. I didn't see the game. No, I'm just Saturday. telling you, but like it was a quarterback option up the middle. Here, like, is that grinding it out? There's Mike the, Epstein going like off tackle to the left side. <laughs> like, what is grinding it out? It's run plays. Here's the Illinois numbers: 62 snaps in that game. Rutgers gave up 419 yards to the Illini. 207 of those yards came on four plays. That's six percent of the total plays run. Account for 49 percent of the offense. This is a constant theme. James does a great job breaking it down. The Ohio State one's hysterical. 579 yards on 73 plays. 233 of those came on six plays. So 40% of their total offense on 8% of their snaps. Buffalo, as Max kind of predicted going into that game, they had 253 yards come on six plays. They went for 445. So that's 9% right there as James breaks down. I mean, that is such a horrendous problem that... I don't know how it's even going to be fixed. You haven't even gotten into the toughest part of the schedule yet. I I don't know. Like honestly, like, I just I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Like I don't see how it's well fixable. You, you black out. That's yeah. what you do. You black out. It, can we like can we talk about this decision to have a blackout game? Uh, like, I think Max and I are going to jump on Mike over here right now. What, do you, what finish your thought, Mike? Okay, your thought. I, I know what your argument is. I think we actually talked about this on the text chain. At some point, don't you just don't you try to minimize your faults rather than like trying to band-aid them up? But you like I, I'm sure like I'm sure like the marketing department's like, look, guys, let's do a blackout this weekend. We have we have really awesome t-shirts. We didn't know which weekend it's gonna be, but I think it's gonna be this one. And it'll really get the fans jazzed up. And I, yes, they use the word jazz in the marketing department. And they'll get all excited and you know it'll make for great on um, Big Ten Two network or whatever the game's on. And then someone has to be like, guys, seriously? 
have you seen us play this year? Let's hold off until we know there's going to be at least 25,000 people at the stadium. Okay, first of all, the blackout is, like, that's done well before the season. I know, like, and I'm saying call an audible. <laughs> I think Mike is saying order the shirts and stuff ahead of time, Here's put the it in the lockers, and then if things aren't going that's, well, you could decide what? last second. Save you could decide for the basketball game. Save for the women's soccer team. They're okay. really good. Mike, here's the problem with that. Like, the marketing department and all of us and everyone around this program went into this season saying, okay, they're not going to be good, but hey. And actually, I thought putting it at the Illinois game was a great idea. It was a perfect time in the schedule for the maximum amount of excitement. They look at the schedule and they say, hey, wait a minute. We think they're going to be 3-2. and two. Because I think that was a reasonable expectation sure, at sure. that point. Yeah, yeah. Even 4-1. and one, I mean, we were talking, hey, you know, maybe a bowl game, which is hilarious <laughs> in, 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 in retrospect. <laughs> But like they're thinking, okay, we're gonna be three and two, four and one. Maybe there's a little bit of excitement around the program. We get a blackout. We're not gonna be a sellout at that point, but you get a decent crowd. You you can't go as a marketing department going into the season and say, well, maybe we'll scrap this. Like you run the blackout, and you you you. It the the problem is when you're one in five and your fan base doesn't care anymore. It doesn't matter. Like there's not there are no right decisions. They could like they might as well get like a, a musician to play at halftime to try and get fan like like the fans to come in. It the if the product on the field is bad, it doesn't matter. All I know, but you have to be like. You, you have to be self-aware. Imagine the national embarrassment if they canceled the blackout. No, I th okay. So I don't think it's he's. Is it any worse that. than the national embarrassment of the blackout or the actual play on the field? Yeah. I don't. It's I don't know. It's the same thing with Ash. You're just going to find something to laugh at Rutgers about. It's what we. It's why this exists. This podcast exists because we found things to laugh. Well, about. we have nothing to talk about if they're good. Like, will we just go dark? I think, no, we'll just become like the, yeah, let's go podcast. I don't like, know if we're ever going to find out. Like, right? <laughs> would, like, will we just, would, we would just become like the hype show podcast, right? There already is one of those. Then what's our No, but, I, but we just, we, we'd be like the, the, like the, like the drunken posse. Oh, okay. Hoodlum Buckers. Right. I like the, uh, the helmets were sweet. I'm cool with like one side. It was an awesome, awesome helmet. Awesome jersey. I'm, like, I'm cool to switch it up. How about you go from now on one side state logo, the other side, the block R. I'm just like, I'm in. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, like, the, everything about it aesthetically was great. Oh, yeah. Except for the fact that there was a stadium full of silver seats. <laughs> like, you can't even... The, yeah. The, the, it's not a joke. It's, it's just a statement. Oh, you know, like, what you could have done is you... I mean, this is time-consuming. You could have put black shirts on every, every chair. Like, <laughs> on every you, chair. You, you could have made it look like it was black. I don't know if, like, when you... um Like, if you look at all the new stadiums that are now built a lot in the NFL, they have, like, these seats that are all different colors yeah. that are sort of re this recycled material. So they so when the stadium's not empty, or when the stadium isn't that full, it doesn't look like it's it's empty. Met, MetLife is kind of like that. Different shades right. no, of gray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that's, why, that's why I know it. Is, do um, you think there's, like, a triage unit in the marketing department for these things? They're like, all right, we have this, uh, we have this great plan. Oh shit! Our team is so bad. I have to figure out what to do now. I, I bet bad. you they have a good like text chain or email chain going on, like leading up to it. Be like, we, how bad is this? Can we Oprah that? Can we like seriously? <laughs> can we Oprah it? I'll, I'll, I I don't think we can do that. I don't. Why think, not? I don't think we can if open public requests. I don't think we can get that. I don't think we can get the private text chain of like. No, not private. We, I said email. We're private. Oh, email. Email. Probably could, but they're probably not. They're probably not doing it by email. I don't. Hey. You, you know, maybe. I, the thing is, and this is actually, I'm sure we've all worked for you know, organizations that we knew were sort of not going well, like that were incompetent at some point. And so we've all sure. done that at some point in our lives, uh, in sports, out of sports, like wherever. Um, and it's like the, the people who work there know, right? Like they, they know that, they, and they got to put the best foot out there. They got to, they got to do the blackout. They got to do everything. But it's like, 
they have to know. They have to know that it's going, like, you know it's going to be a disaster, but you, what are you supposed to do? You're going to cancel the blackout? That would be more embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be, but on the other hand, let's get to it. Let's do it. Like, just cancel it, whatever. Who cares? It can't get any worse. All right, so this is, this is an essential question we had this weekend after both of you guys just trashed on me for my cancel the blackout idea. Uh, as we watch Rutgers lose to another bad team that was supposed to be worse than it coming into the year and just lose horribly, and now they're uh, one in five, one in four. And they're one probably going to go one in eleven. Yeah, probably one in eleven. So we we spent a lot of Saturdays lately talking about whose fault it is, right? Like Kyle Flood's fault, Chris Ash's fault, um, and so it's a lot of a lot a lot of blaming going around. It's it's actually the, the 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 Glazer family's fault for hiring Greg Schiano. Well, we can't blame Greg for taking that bag. Also, okay? let's be clear: they are one in five right now. They're one in five. They okay, are one in five. I, I lost track. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, after they lost to Kansas, the season ended. Like you don't need to run up the. Losses. I would say a loss. It ended after Buffalo. Buffalo? I think. I think after yeah, that thought they were gonna, because because, because look, I, I know was going to say you thought they were going to beat Buffalo, but no, then someone no. did think they were going to beat Buffalo. <laughs> Fuckers, money line. <laughs> Still going there, aren't we? Never. We'll I never. didn't even need to go there. Anyway, um, where are we going? I was going to say, look, let's put this to bed, right? The Stephen uh, Douglas Lincoln debate of this podcast. Who is more responsible for Rucker's current level of ineptitude? Uh, Kyle Flood or Chris Ash? That wasn't so, the question. That, yeah, well, you keep switching things up on us here. What, what, that this was is, exactly what it says on your no, call sheet. This is in honor of Halloween, basically. We're pretty much playing dress-up right Who now. Who sucks less, Flood or Ash? Sorry. That's, that, that, that is not that, the that, question. That was not okay, what you asked. I, oh, you're right. You're right. All right. All right, all right, all right. I apologize. Hold I, on, three, two, one, retake. Go no, ahead. No, no, we're running. We're running now. We're running. It's fine. All right, so we're gonna do some Halloween level role play. Uh, who sucks less, Ash or Flood? So each of you is gonna make the case here for your respective coach as to who sucks less. There, I framed it correctly. All right, so Adam, you're gonna be arguing that uh, Kyle Flood sucked less. Max, you're gonna be arguing that Chris Ash sucked less. So I think we're just going to do this. I think the only fair way to do it is kind of like in chronological order. Kyle Flood came first. So Adam, I think we're going to let you start. Uh, make your argument. Try to keep it kind of short. We don't have time limits can, here. Can we go point counterpoint? Yeah, oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. sure. I'm just so going to let you I'll start. Go first, though. I like yeah, that. Yeah, you just go start. So Adam, make your argument. You're Kyle Flood. You're arguing why you suck less. Okay. My first argument you is You have far notes as... here, by the way. I do. There's I, like an entire tried, Google Doc on your phone. I tried to take this seriously. Max so, is not prepared. I do not I, have notes. I am Kyle Flood, <laughs> and the first reason why I did not suck that bad is, although I may look kind of like one of those middle-aged white Republicans, I... <laughs> he does was, look like a... Janine does. Right. He looks like a generic like Republican senator. Or, or a generic Democrat. It's, it's just a generic State attorney. old man white senator. I was actually <laughs> ahead of the curve and extremely progressive and pro-weed. I was definitely <laughs> ahead of my time. Okay. So, reason number one, I did not suck as a coach. I was all for drug testing programs. We don't need them. <laughs> they, they are pointless. Let the kids have some fun. Yes, did I cover some things up with, with the drug testing? So what? Just a little weed, guys. I, I, I don't know how good it is for your on-field product if your players are high, but okay. Sure. Max, uh, your turn. Did you see the team that I inherited? Did you see where I started? Did you did you see who our quarterbacks were in 2016? 
did you see like how the program went from being respectable to a complete dumpster fire in three years? I'm not saying that I don't suck. Okay, I'm just saying that you suck. <laughs> Touche at the end, to a certain extent. But you're bringing up recruiting. All right? I didn't suck that bad because I rode a pretty good wave after Greg Schiano. He was my boss for a while. I learned from him. I also knew when to just ride the wave. Uh, 2012, uh, I kept together that class pretty respectively. Could have been a complete utter clusterfuck and it wasn't thanks to me i think and maybe some other stuff that may have gotten into it 2013 okay wasn't a great year right but i had some decent kids in that class janarian grant kamoko Ture. i there was some nfl talent in there that i brought in that was my first class that was that was all me right there that cool helicopter that i'd fly into and go and <laughs> and go and recruit on Yep, I think it pretty much Greg's ass imprint was still on that helicopter, but <laughs> that was still me doing that. Uh, 2014, fair point. The only thing I can tell you about 2014, I had 14 really good players signed up. Now, 14 decommitted, but I had them signed up, and they were pretty good. And you know what? I Actually, that wasn't that bad of a class. I had Robert Martin in that class, uh, Josh Hicks. There was some actual talent that you used these last couple of years also. I'm a pretty damn good baseball recruit. Juwan Harris, <laughs> thank you very much. I, I'm now multi-sport. I kicked him off the team. <laughs> That's your problem. <laughs> you don't like baseball, clearly. But the recruiting wasn't that bad. I left you some actual talent. I didn't leave you a lot of talent, but I left you some. <laughs> you have none right now. You had the benefit of hanging on to Greg Schiano's coattails. Like, look... Greg Schiano is a magical unicorn wizard who should have a gold statue of himself at midfield at highpoint.com stadium, okay? I, anyone, could have ridden that wave to one decent season. 2013 was a disaster. Everything fell apart. There was no talent on this roster when I got this. Robert, Mar I mean, these are just backs. Robert Martin, Josh Hicks, Isaiah Pacheco... Like, these are just, they're just all, Blackshear, like, they're all okay backs. Like, let's not say that these guys that you brought in here were all that great. I think you recruited a few of those. I know, what I'm saying <laughs> is that, again, I'm not arguing that I don't suck. I'm just saying that I suck not as much. I could have ridden Greg Shear. I could have ridden that into the ground just like you did. You know what else I never did? I never was dumb enough to go and try and coerce a professor <laughs> to pass one of my players. That that is just talking. Oh, so, so you had the you're, what you're going to say is that you had the you had the drive to go and do that. I care about my players and their <laughs> academics, and I was just being hands on and trying trying <laughs> to help my kids learn, get the education that they need. I I taught him about respect. Went back to that professor. I said, "Go apologize. You, you tell that professor what went wrong this past semester, and if." That professor wants to go and let you write a paper, and I need to give you a little nudge-nudge. You you let me know, son. I'll pat you on the head. I'll say all you. I'll proofread it for you. I probably not not that great at literature and, and understanding those types of things, but I'm sure we could we could figure that out. That's what happened. I was just just, just helping. Let me ask just you something. Helping. Did you ever come back from down 21 nothing and win a game? Because my team did. It was against New Mexico, but we did it. <laughs> did you go on the road and beat an SEC opponent? No. <laughs> did you beat them at home? No. Okay, I did. 
We beat Texas State. We beat Illinois. We beat some other teams that I, I can't remember right now. Have you gone to any bowl games, Chris? No, we have not gone to any bowl games. Have you had your own bobblehead night, Chris? No, not yet. I got my own damn bobblehead you did. night. Yeah. Now, came at a bad time. What yeah, was what game was that? I, I'm if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure that was the 2013 year. There was some some bullshit going on in those papers. I think the star oh, yeah. ledger at that time. No, oh, they're not going to fire me because of the money. You're damn right, and we're going to fire me because of the money. And that you know what? You're actually you're worse for Rutgers right now. Your buyout right now is somewhere like eight point something. That's right, because I'm a good negotiator. Oh, bullshit. You that's a, this is actually funny. We could agree on this. Rutgers sucks at this. My buyout at that time with my coaching staff three point five, and they kept me. You they kept me. You destroyed the program so thoroughly that me, an unproven coach, got this sweet deal that I was going to be gi- that given this buyout. Now, like that's how much you burned it down. And that's where we're building from. And yeah, we haven't improved. But guess what? We got a quarterback. We have a quarterback. We've got a kid. He's going to be a good quarterback. Now, he might not be a good quarterback under me. I might not be here. But if I am here, I brought him here. Me. Better than any quarterback you had that you recruited. Who'd you recruit? Chris Chris Laviano, baby. Yeah? How'd that turn out? He's playing lacrosse, right? 19 starts. I have no idea what those record was. But he started 19 games. I don't know. Chris Laviano started 19 games. We we sat through 19. This is Max coming. I'm not Chris Ash anymore. We sat through 19 games of Chris Laviano. I must have black. I must have blacked out during last, that era. Last reason why me Kyle Flood, uh, you just had a horrendous blackout this weekend. Uh, pretty much nobody showed up. I lost 78 nothing with your players. And that time and just this past weekend, you know what? Maybe you would have performed better if you would have had family on the back of your jerseys. Okay, so why don't you start coming up with some better coach speak and some lingo there? You can go one and zero every you week. You don't like? I love that one. Okay, family, bring family back. Was there anything wrong with family? You, right, right in the back of the jersey. That really you don't like. Everybody you don't like together. the hunt. The fuck is the hunt? <laughs> <laughs> you looked like Kyle Flood right there. With you. I don't know what. <laughs> this is I, so good. I, I, I don't know. You you did you were intrigued if you and looked like scene. Kyle Flood. All right, round of applause for everybody. That was pretty good. Oh, that was. Man. In my humble opinion, the greatest segment we've ever had. <laughs> and you can't convince me otherwise. All right. I, I think to settle that, to really settle the who sucks less debate of Chris Ash or Kyle Flood, we're going to need to go to uh, Keith Sargent, our next guest, who is like the guy who has covered Rutgers football, Rutgers the longest. And I mean, I don't know how he's done it. Like that's that's all I've got to say. It's just I don't know how he's done it. No, it doesn't matter how bad the team is. That check still clears. I mean, it's not. I'm sure it's you know not the. No, no, it's not even that. I mean, like just from a reporting standpoint, reporting on bad teams is freaking exhausting, and I'm sure Keith can talk about that. So we're about to bring him on, uh, and uh, we'll ask him who who sucks less. Yeah, yeah, that that's gonna be the gist of this conversation. So, Keith, in a bit, hold on to your pants. All right, so we have Keith Sargent uh, on the line. Keith covers Rutgers football, sports, everything for NJ Advance Media. He is, um, I think, without parallel on the beat 
and he's had to do it since 1998. You were saying is that the last Terry Shea year? What's the last Terry Shea year? 2000. 2000. So I started this off well. It started. I started this off well. We were just told you. I know. I know. Forty seconds ago. Okay. All right. Let's not waste Keith's time by ragging on me the whole time. (laughs) Sorry if I wasn't there to be miserable about Terry Shea in the year 2000. Whatever. All right. Uh, Keith, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Great start. Uh, Yeah. Anytime. I'm looking forward to it. So, okay, so before you joined us, um, Max and Adam were answering the essential question about Rutgers football, which is who sucks less, uh, Chris Ash or Kyle Flood, in terms of kind of ruining the program, basically, or setting it back, or whatever more more objective terms you want to use as a newspaper reporter. But uh, (laughs) how would you answer that question? Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to say Kyle Flood, and you know it's not that I, I you know have anything anything against Kyle, and you know as a matter of fact, um, yeah, it's probably the opposite. I mean, even you know a lot of people think that just because you know we we covered you know we were the the, the media outlet that that uh, broke the news on on the uh, on the academic scandal and a lot of the other stories you know that followed it. Um, I never really had a, a really bad relationship with Kyle Flood. Um, but that being said, to answer your question, I definitely have to say uh, Kyle Flood is a winner of that um, du- dubious distinction. And I'll say that uh, uh, for, for this reason, Kyle Flood inherited a Greg Shiano program that in 2011 was coming off a, a bowl win in the pinstripe bowl. Um, his first season they were built to win. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why, why Tim Pernetti ended up uh, picking Kyle Flood was because he even said they're built to win. Um, and they won. They had some you know success. They won a share of the Big, Big East title. Um, they might have uh, you know crapped the bed you know late in the year when they lost Louisville, but they still had some immediate success. Chris Ash, the opposite is true. He inherited you know a mess you know a mess that was Kyle Flood's doing. You know, obviously you know. We, we, we saw what the result of it was with the NCAA sanctions and, you know, a Rutgers being placed on NCAA probation. If Chris Ash goes to 1-11 and if, you know, something was to happen, you know, at the end of this season or if his tenure, you know, ends, you know, poorly and another coach takes over, the biggest thing that Chris Ash is going to be guilty of is, you know, he, he didn't leave the cupboard uh, full. So, you know, at at least, you know, he, you could say that, you know, he didn't put the program, at least we don't think he's going to put the program on NCAA probation. We don't think he's going to break any NCAA rules. The next coach will be able <laughs> like to, to uh, clean that. it up. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe you he never should. know. It's Rutgers, right? I mean, but uh, we don't hmm. think, um, you know, the, the cupboard's going to be, you know, the cupboard's going to be uh, bare, but it's not going to be, you know, napalmed, you know, which is what basically uh, – you know, Kyle Flood left. Okay, so I guess that from a fan's perspective, Keith, it's interesting because we kind of hear the generalities a lot when it comes to the end of the Kyle Flood era. It was a disaster. Dumpster fire. He left the cupboard bare. I I mean, he did – I know he won with a lot of Greg's guys, and he didn't bring in the talent at the level that Greg was doing, but there were some holdovers into the early Ash first two seasons where it was Kyle's kids, and they were actually performing okay. They were? When? Yeah, yeah. There, there, you can go back and look. There were a few holdovers that actually were on the roster. I, I know a lot of them left. You know they went 2-10. No, no, the, like, I, that, oh, I guess, Keith, I'm asking is, 
is it, yep. it doesn't seem like it's that difficult when you have some improprieties, whether it's the drug testing stuff and the academic stuff. Like that stuff can kind of get fixed pretty quickly. Even the, the eating healthy. I know Chris Ash had to put in those programs, but so this seems like it's all about it was a talent thing. Like it just <laughs> it's a talent uh, thing. I, no, I disagree because then I'll say this. Okay, there, and I'll just say a name uh, by the name of Marcus Ford, who Chris Ash actually got rid of really early. Uh, in his tenure, might have been you know a week or two you know after he took over, and he insisted that he didn't know, he knew nothing about what what would eventually happen with Marcus Ford. Marcus Ford was accused of of an, a sexual assault. He was suspended the entire twenty fifteen season. Um, you know Kyle Kyle's uh, last season. I bring that up only because of the culture that Chris Ash had to 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 change, and it takes. There were a lot of bad apples that you know that he needed to to to, to rid the program of. Um, and the other thing I will say is, you're right. Um, he did inherit uh, some some pretty decent players, but he didn't really inherit uh, decent players at like the core positions. And I'm talking about quarterback. You know, Chris Laviano. You know, just was not a you know, especially what, what, with what you know Chris Ash wanted to do. Maybe. Chris Ash and Drew Maringer at the time could have been accused of not really adapting their system to try to take advantage of Chris Laviano's skill set. You might be able to make that case, but they didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have a whole lot of skill position players. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, you know, prior to, to, to you know, you know, I mean, they didn't. They certainly didn't have a Leonte Carew or a Kenny Britt or a Muhammad Sanu or any of those types of, of skill makers on the roster. So you're right. Maybe they had some offensive linemen. Maybe they had some, you know, uh, uh, you know, a few uh, secondary guys, but they just didn't have a whole lot of skill position players when when Chris Ash took over. Fair, and I, I we'll we'll get back to Chris here at the end at some point. We wanted to have some fun with you since again you've you've been <laughs> you've been tortured by covering Rutgers football. I mean, I guess you at least get paid for it. Whereas fans, we for some reason have been giving our you money to them, this program. Yeah. Wait, I, I, I get paid. I I you know better than I do. I can't say you know. <laughs> All I know is I don't think you pay for a ticket on Saturdays to go into that stadium. So that's a, that's a step not. up above us and what we do. So uh, <laughs> at least I guess we get to liquor ourselves up before we go in. Um, so I, I, you you had mentioned you covered the very end of the Shea era into the Shiano era. What was it even – I don't really recall what it was like back then in terms of the media spotlight on Rutgers. So going into Shea, into Shiano, was there really anybody actually – focused on a new coach i mean i know greg's ridiculous quote in that opening press conference which is i want to win a national championship <laughs> but like it what was it like covering them back then yeah no it's a great question it's actually it was an interesting time because we we're talking i mean there was the internet but it wasn't really what you know there was no twitter there it wasn't what it was today there were two emerging recruiting sites one, one that was run by mike uh fasano and one and John Otter said I think uh, uh, jumped in on that one, and then another one that was uh, uh, run by Don, Donald Forbes, and they were basically covering you know all things recruiting, which was really novel back then. You know, it ended up becoming one of the sites became became rivals, another became scout, you know, or, or uh, teamed with that, them, and you know it is what it is today. But at the time, it was very novel, and they were covering recruiting. And, and one of the things that Greg Shiano did, I was uh, writing for the Home News Tribune. It was a local newspaper um, in, in New Brunswick. And one of the things that Greg Shiano did, I, I don't think I'm violating any any uh, inside you know secrets now. It's not you know 
I don't think they're going to be accused of an NCAA, probate, uh, NCAA violation at this point. But one of the things that they did that was really good was they would tip off the media on every single commitment or visit. They wanted it out there in the newspapers as much as possible of of everything that Greg was doing on a recruiting trail because he was doing a lot of novel things. Like, you know, at one point, he, I think he got like top 20 um you know, supposed uh, New Jersey recruits in on campus within like a week or two. I mean, he was doing a lot of creative things, you know, within the first couple of months to try to create momentum, which is something I've never seen, you know, uh, to this day, something that Chris Ash really wasn't able to do. And another thing that I think Chris Ash, if his tenure does, uh, you know, ends up, ends up uh, uh, proving, you know, to, to, to be a failure I think he could be accused of not building that momentum, not, not seizing on the momentum when he was first hired like Greg Schiano did. Kyle Flood did a little bit, although Kyle came in right after signing day. Uh, but, you know, so he wasn't able to capitalize on the momentum um, like Greg Schiano did. But, you know, back then, he, you know, Greg Schiano was inheriting a mess. I, I've told this story before, but the first practice that I ever covered was under Terry Shea um, and – um, Terry Shea used to have a, a, a golden retriever that he would, uh, you know, allow on, on, on the practice field. So if you can imagine a dog roaming the, uh, you know, a, a football field, is, you know, that's weird enough. But seriously, the first practice that I cover, I'm out there. I'm like this green, you know, probably 20 uh, year old reporter. And I'm like, this is great. And I get to cover like big time college football. And literally within like the first 20 minutes, the dog ran out to the field, like interrupted practice, and took a took a shit on, on, on at the fifty yard line. And you've been covering um, shit ever since. I, well, I mean, you could get. <laughs> I didn't say you did, but I mean, it was it was you know that moment. It might have actually you know been a, been a telltale sign of, of you know what was to come. But um, yeah, that was the first practice I covered. It kind of was inducative of, of what uh, Greg Channel inherited as well. Can I, so, like, you brought up recruiting, and I'm not, like, altogether into recruiting, you know, like, player by player, all that type of stuff. But you mentioned how how inventive Greg was, how he was able to, like, not only recruit but create attention and create uh, buzz, for lack of a better word. And I remember my one year covering Rutgers, uh, one of the things that I heard about Kyle Flood a lot was that he wasn't a good recruiter. And, like, I had people tell me that he wasn't a good closer of all things. Like you would bring you would like recruits would like you know come in to meet Kyle at the end and just they were underwhelmed and I guess he, he couldn't put the finishing touch on on those recruiting jobs. Like what is Chris Ash's problem? I guess for for lack of a better word in, in recruiting. Like what is undercutting him in putting together these good classes? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I haven't really uh, talked to a ton of recruits about it. What my guess is is I don't know if uh, he's been able to um, really win over. I guess it speaks to you know you know his his failure uh, if you want to call it a failure on you know in recruiting you know overall. But he hasn't really been able to to hit on like the New Jersey recruits and and uh, he hasn't really won over the New Jersey coaches. So to you know, I haven't been in. I'm not in, uh, in the, the living rooms. I can't really make an you know, educated opinion on on why you know he's not uh, he's uh, unable to close. The recruiting classes speak for themselves. They've been you know bottom of the Big Ten. Um, so 
I just, I, you know, it's a, it's a fair question. Um, I don't think he's, uh, you know, I'm, I don't think he's the most personable, you know, charismatic guy. I think Greg Ciano won a lot more press conferences than Chris Ash has won, you know, in his first three years. You know, uh, Chris Ash is more of a, you know, nuts and bolts, uh, tells it the way it is. But, you know, he's not. I've seen Greg, Greg Ciano at his best, you know, in, in, in the wake of the Eric LeGrand uh, injury and just, you know, just awe-inspiring speeches. I, I've seen him at, um, you know, New Jersey uh, high school football uh, functions in which it was unbelievable. So I haven't yet uh, seen uh, Chris Ash uh, inspire me, you know, you know, in, in any of those types of uh, settings uh, to this point. So it's a fair question. I, I just don't know at this point whether or not, you know, uh, Chris Ash is a good closer. I, I can't say that he is based on, on, on the results. Can I ask you like one kind of weird question because I, <laughs> because I don't know how you'll answer it. Um, <laughs> so to talk about cross pollinating between pods, but I heard Jerry Carino talk about how one problem for Rutgers basketball over the years has been that competing programs essentially did more shady stuff to win recruits from Rutgers, like Rutgers wasn't willing to go there, which I, yeah. I kind of just take as, I guess, Rutgers not willing to spend the money to pay for the players. Now, I, I'm, I am, I'm openly an advocate for paying the players, Now, current, as is Max, and I understand it's currently against the NCAA rules, and if Rutgers did that, they would be breaking NCAA rules, and then you would report that they broke NCAA rules, and you know we'd get into this mess again. But like, are you able to shed any light about whether Rutgers just isn't, I don't know, shady enough in recruiting, and if that hurts them at all, I don't know if that question makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Are you talking about football or basketball? Either. In this. Which, whichever Either. way you want to go, Which, whichever way you feel is less or more shady. Yeah, um, I mean, I've heard stories in both. I mean, you know, you, you hear stories, uh, especially I'm not not with Pykele, not not with Chris Ash, but I've heard stories of of you know Mike Rice, uh, Freddie Hill. You know, even Gary Waters, I've heard, you know, various uh, tales from back in the day, some wild, wild west uh, type type things. Um, you know, I mean, they, they and, and even football, I mean, they all um, kind of skirt, you know, the, you know, the NCAA uh, rule book is, is so complex. And, you know, we, we, we've actually seen some, you know, NCAA violations, level three violations when it comes to recruiting. You know, Rutgers, you know, you know, has a few of those. You know, every Big Ten program has has those. But you know, are they not shady enough? You know, I can't say that. You know, Chris Ash is. I think here's the one thing that Greg Shiano told me a long time ago, and I don't know if it applies to Chris Ash. Time will tell, especially if they go one eleven. But Greg Shiano once told me this: that as long as he doesn't get caught, uh, found guilty of, like, a major NCAA violation, he's not getting fired because it's Rutgers. <laughs> and, and you guys have, have seen by now that – and look at the Olympic sports. And, you know, Matt, Pat Hobbs is, is trying to, to, to change it a little bit. You know, we've seen it with, with uh, you know, softball. We've seen it with, some, you know, with, with uh, gymnastics, a couple, of the, uh, a couple of the other Olympic sports where Pat Hobbs is trying to make, make, make some changes. But for the most part, for the longest time, you know, Supreme Court justices didn't have the type of uh, job security as, as Rutgers Olympic sports coaches. You know, we see we've seen it. You know, with Kyle Flood in 2013, where Julie Herman was trying to raise the money, 
uh, you know, wanted to fire Kyle Flood, couldn't do it because, you know, the money was prohibitive. We've seen it, you know, over and over again where coaches just, you know, who may be deserving to get fired and they don't get fired. So, you know, Graciano, I've always remembered that. I've always, you know, kept that in the back of my head, you know, what what Greg Greg said. I mean, did Greg, you know, back in the day, did he, uh, you know, do, do some things that, you know, a lot of other schools were doing? Sure. But I don't think, you know, he, yeah, I think he always remembered that if he get got, got found guilty of paying off a player that, you know, he was going to get fired. And, you know, and, and if he could put together five and seven seasons and, and, you know, and, you know, spin the wheels at, you know, seven and five, eight and five every year and, and, and not get fired. I think he, you know, was, was new, new better than the cheat. All right. So since you guys on uh, your podcast have some fun with, uh, you guys do a true and false segment <laughs> each podcast, which is pretty good. We won't steal that. But since the Are You Screw podcast, right? Right, 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 right. Are You Screw 2.0. That's what we <laughs> I, I told Steve in the tailgate it'd be fun if you guys just took that, and that way we're just putting out multiple stuff each Do week. Do you have a name yet? Like, what are, what are you doing? We don't. We don't. I, we're, we're in litigation for, for, for the Are You just, Screw just, podcast. Just call it the best film review ever podcast, and, and <laughs> Cratch will love it. The Cratch podcast yeah. featuring Sarge and Politi. Yeah, you guys will be yeah. all good there. So, in, yeah, in such honor, a fan favorite at this point. In honor of that, since we just have a few minutes left here, time, let's go wrap Rapid fire with you. Uh, I've got sure. a few here. If Max and Mike think of something, they're just going to blurt it out. Quick answer, and we'll move on from there. Uh, will Rutgers go one and eleven this year in football? Yes. Will, true. Will they? <laughs> will they? Will they fire Chris Ash at the end of the season? False. If they did, can Rutgers afford a good coach? Hmm. <laughs> mm. Stumped you. Could they afford a good coach? I'm going to say true. I think they could afford a good coach. Look at that. All right. Uh, Will Rutgers basketball get to the tournament before Rutgers football goes back to the bowl game? (laughs) That's an age-old question. I remember uh, two beat reporters way back in the day, the whole news uh, debated this back in like 2002 or whatever it was, and the debate uh, goes on. Um, Will Rutgers basketball – I'm going to say false. Believe it or not, that's an unpopular opinion, but I just think it's so much easier to get a 6-6 six and six season than, than for – I think basketball still might be three years away. All right, six games left. How many of them will be competitive? How many competitive games left on the Rutgers football schedule? I actually think the Maryland game, I mean, it depends on what you mean by competitive, but it's a 26-point line, that, I think. That, that I, Rutgers... I, I think Rutgers is going to be more competitive than that, so – you know, it, it, I, I could see, you know, Maryland being a two-touchdown game. Okay. I don't so, know if that's competitive. So what I meant by competitive was can Rutgers fans delude themselves into thinking they can win the game, like, in the third quarter? I think that's competitive. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think I think the Maryland game could, could, could be it. And maybe North, uh, uh, Northwestern's going to beat them up, though. So Maryland could be, could, can be competitive. Uh, free pass to cover any other university doing what you are for Rutgers for that <laughs> school. Who would you like to cover? <laughs> Uh, it would have to be a state school um, because I, I think uh, private schools are, are, are just they they could hurt uh, hide too much stuff. Um, I'm gonna say, ooh, that's a good question too. Um, I'll pick a you know UCLA. You know I, I I would like to you know warm weather. I like LA. You know, I'm a Dodger fan, so okay. you know, could be uh, worse. Favorite football or basketball coach or assistant coach to cover. Whew. Um, probably Gary Waters. 
you know, I I, I kind of cut my teeth early on, even though I did, you know, cover uh, records football. I was the number two guy, you know, in a lot of respects early on in, in Shiano's uh, tenure. Um, I, I was traveled a lot back in the day where, where you would travel for basketball, and I got to, um, you know, got some good, pretty good access with, with, with Gary Waters and, you know, his, his assistant coaches, and, you know, I really enjoyed those teams. They were, you know, closer than a lot of people actually uh, remember to being in the NCAA tournament. There was one year where they lost at Virginia Tech. I covered the game where it was a buzzer beater before they went to replay, where, uh, Gary Waters insisted, and I thought just on first uh, watch where, where you know, I think the shot should have counted, and if it didn't, I know there's a long true and false, but if it didn't, I think Rutgers goes to the NCAA tournament that year. I, I know he's listening right now. We know Danny is listening to this. Don't let him tell you he's <laughs> oh not. Oh, my God. He just broke – it's great. You can't bring that story up enough about that Virginia Tech game. You can, If you ever just want to annoy him beyond belief, it's that Virginia Tech game. It is true. It is, it, it's true. It was, it was, a, it was a tough – it was a gut punch. No, and the worst part is he's going to annoy us beyond belief because he's going to talk about it for the next three days. <laughs> and he, and he needed his one, man, he needed his one mention in this show. Oh, so, my God. So there, uh, there you go, Danny. All right, all right. We got one last question for you. And we asked Steve Politi the same question. So it's very vital. Uh-oh. We asked him, we, we asked him this question uh, before the season opener, before the war, before the shore, whatever the hell it's called. All right. <laughs> Who would you rather have in a hot tub with you? Cratch, Politi, or Jerry Carino? You pick I'm one. I'm going to have to return a favor because I think I remember Politi saying me. So I'm going to have to refer, re, return a favor and say Steve Politi. Wow, I would have gone with Cratch. He's just my favorite. <laughs> well, he's everyone's favorite. So. The, the, the guy's ego. He would have given me like, a film you know, review from the hot tub. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need us to uh, to to stroke his ego anymore. I mean, it's, it's already big enough. So, <laughs> uh, I keep uh, really appreciate you coming on. That's that's all we got. You shouldn't uh, get back to the part of your life that doesn't involve Rutgers sports. <laughs> well, I don't know if there is a part of my life that doesn't involve Rutgers sports, but yeah, you know, my <laughs> wife, my wife and kids might might beg to differ, but. Yeah, it's it's taking up too much of your life as it is. We don't want to do that anymore to you and keep talking about Terry Shea or Gary Waters or whoever. All right, guys, I appreciate it. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> what happened? I blacked out. Well, that was interesting. All right, that was Keith Sargent. He's awesome. Uh, you probably already read him. And if you don't, you can find him at nj.com. You can find him on Twitter at ksargentnj. So... And you can find him in the newspaper. They, they do still make those. I'm going to withhold comment. Uh, let's move on to the game this weekend. 12 o'clock, Big Ten Network. Down in College Park, Maryland. Rutgers at Maryland. Very important game, obviously. But uh, as we've given so much love to James Cratch uh, for his film, well, it's mostly Adam, actually. Uh, I don't read him, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I go with my eyes. I go with what I see for the five minutes I watched games. He said that this should be a trophy game, right, Adam? I, I think there were some questions posed to him. He always likes to get, like, those mailbag questions. I think one of them was about the rivalry, and I think Cratchit said, noted that he thinks that Rutgers and Maryland should have a trophy game. Um, so that got me thinking. Mm-hmm. What would you name the trophy if Maryland and Rutgers actually wanted to have a rivalry game similar to what you see in some really cool Big Ten <laughs> Spot. So I was thinking really hard about this. I have two, by the way. Okay, so you have 
two I, have, right. two I, names. I have one. <laughs> okay, so let's go around the horn. We'll go Max, Mike, and then I'll finish up. Okay, uh, I have so, three. Okay. So you can take all three at once. Max, you start first. Uh, your trophy name for Rutgers, Maryland would be? The safety school trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Damn. Growing up around, I'm just like Rutgers. I, I you, you know, they're both I, very I good schools. They're, they're both very good wow. schools, but they're you know, in a lot of cases, it's kind of like, oh, you know, what? I'll go to Rutgers, fine. Wow. Or I'll go to Maryland, fine. But, but here's my question, though. Okay, so you have to think this through a little bit. So you're going with the safety school trophy. <laughs> now, are you? Would you rather call it the safety school game? Because what would the actual trophy then be? Yeah, a disappointed it teenager. Like? <laughs> <laughs> so is it just gonna be like a bust of like a 18 year old kid with his head hung low like crowning like i think that we would need to know what the trophy looks like i think that's fine yeah. okay i didn't like i didn't have an i, I didn't have an that's idea until 20 seconds ago that counts so okay. that's fine all right so like, we got max is there he's going with safety school trophy <laughs> Uh, Mike, you have three, so go I, ahead. I have three. All right, so one, I don't know what to call this, but when we were at your tailgate, uh, and we have the photo, so I guess we can show it, you're drinking out of a little golden toilet, and I figure it's, I don't know, it's like roughly like four inches tall by four inches wide. That seems the appropriate size for the winner of this game. Oh, they could like chuck it around? Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you call it. I don't know. The toilet bowl? Yeah, the toilet bowl. <laughs> seems appropriate <laughs> enough, but I All thought right. that was Indiana, uh, Illinois. I Rutgers. like that. I like okay. that. Um, number two... I feel like this this one's kind of appropriate, but uh, you name it the fridge after Ralph Friedgen, who oh yeah you know and you like you give the winner a fridge stock full of um, I don't Gatorade or Powerade I'd give him beer after like playing in that game but whatever well you can get different sponsors every year whoever yeah, wants to put stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so you can have more there. money to not pay the players yeah that makes sense and so that's that's number two uh, and three uh, I would call it like uh, the ninety five South. Uh, with service center or whatever because as you're driving from <laughs> Rutgers to maryland you're obviously going to take one of those exits at some point you know stay at the richard stockton get something there or the maryland crab you house exit you don't, no, you don't stay, stay. Right. yes thank you for <laughs> one slip up and you're just like a vulture jumping all That's over what me. i like to do my god all right whatever you drive <laughs> in for five seconds to pick up some soda and food at the richard stockton uh rest stop on 95 or the maryland house stop or whatever so i don't know you you take out like one of those buildings that has a bunch of subway and starbucks signs that's the three i got i think if uh, i'm kind of digging the fridge one the fridge. the fridge that's not bad i, I mean the fridge. he was only here for well he was an offensive coordinator at rutgers of course he was only here for one <laughs> like i but he beat maryland remember it was that big that like, crazy, crazy comeback last game right yeah, yeah yeah that's like the only good oc they've had the last i don't know eight years since mcnulty no seriously well, the 2011 offense was pretty good. I don't. Was that who, I don't remember. Was that was that Ron Prince? Like I, I really. They, they, <laughs> Ron they, they've, Prince, all, yeah. they've all kind of blended together the last few years. All right, so we're going with the fridge for you. And you've uh, had time to think this I over. Have, I have. Which is so unfair. It's unfair, but um, I'm going to go with uh, a little SpongeBob reference. I'm calling this game uh, the winner gets the chum bucket. Um, <laughs> oh, that's good. I like now that. it just okay. fits even more perfectly because like. You could pretty much equate Rutgers and Maryland are pretty much the chum of the Big Ten. They were brought in to let the big dogs feed on them. Yeah. Um, so this, like, it would just be so funny to actually have, like, a bucket with live chum in it. And that's <laughs> what the winner of Rutgers maryland guess and it's right it's right in kind of in in tradition with like the other big 10 you've got the floyd of rosedale was at minnesota and iowa i want to say or yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. The, the, the pig the you've pig. got you've got the axe 
you know, you that kind of fits in well with the with the other big the chum bucket. I, I like I mean, that. I love it. I'm not going to top it. But I'm just wondering, building off of what you said, what about like a little TV with Jim Delaney's face on it? No, <laughs> they brought in. Who's going to want TV? that? No one wants. No, 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 no one I wants agree. that. No, no, well, that's what everyone says about Rutgers the, Maryland in the Big Ten. The penalty for Jim Delaney bringing Rutgers and Maryland in should be that he has to deliver the chum bucket to the like. He's got to go. <laughs> he has to, to watch this game every year. He has to be at Rutgers Maryland every single. He has time to fill it with the chum. Yes, like. he has to fill it with the chum. <laughs> hand it like, and he's got to wear like one of those fisherman suits, like from head to toe. He's got to go full out for it. And there he goes, winner of Rutgers Maryland, the chum bucket. You imagine like <laughs> we're gonna have to find a way to Photoshop. Put it on like to our put tweet. the game on like a Friday night, like put it on BTN, make it a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Imagine like the Super Bowl, you know how they get on like those big platforms and Goodell's over there, like giving the trophy. Like Jim Delaney in his Long Island uh fisherman like costume. Just basically like the remember the old crappy Islanders logo yeah, that yeah, actually had like thinking. the fisherman yeah. on it? Like that just put Jim Delaney yeah. on there yeah. and put the chum bucket, Rutgers, Maryland. Let's do this. So, uh, all right. Yeah, so we got that chum bucket this weekend. Yours uh, yours wins. We were wrong last week on the spread. Yeah, we we took Rutgers. So now we're three and two? Three and three. Three and three. Oh, yeah. yeah, Now we're five and But the last two weeks, I will say this, wasn't all that confident. It was just the, I mean, yeah. Max kind of tips his hand each week, going like, "I wouldn't." You can tell about because well, he that starts te- texting us like Sunday night. Well, that, but he also like when we tape it, usually we'll go. I have a feel like don't go big. If Max says don't go big, that means he's like he's kind of got a good feel on it, and just it's kind of like eh, whatever on the choice. But so now we're, we're five hundred. We've we've got to find a way. This is another tough one this week. For, this for could determine if we bet on a bowl game this year. If we don't get to six if, wins. Do we get to a, a gambling bowl game? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Rutgers is a 25-and-a-half-point underdog. At to, Maryland. At Maryland. Opened around, somewhere 21-and-a-half, 23, but now we're at To a up. team oh, whose what? head coach is on administrative leave for maybe being responsible for the death of one of his players. Like, that's where Rutgers football is right now. 25-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road. And I have but, no idea. I how, mean, like, like, Maryland hasn't. I don't know. It probably hasn't been that bad. They beat Texas in the season opener, and Texas beat Oklahoma this past weekend. So like, Maryland's better than Oklahoma. I love how Mike's using Mike the transit property here to figure this one I out. I mean, we're Rutgers, like, okay, Maryland. Rutgers beat Texas State. Like, they beat they're Texas. In, they're in Texas. I mean, they're, they're te- what's the difference? Texas, Texas State? Like, they're the same program. So right? I'm, I'm just going to say for Rutgers covers this week. Rutgers 20, covers. 25 they cover it. It'll be somewhere between a 20, 23 point loss, likely. We were kind of Googling it while we were talking to at, at the end of Keith. Um, they are hor- Maryland's horrendous in terms of penalties. That's what's cost them the last couple of weeks. I don't know anything. I don't know if the kid is back from last year who got hurt quarterback wise. And, and it was a, either way, that place is a dump of a of a spot to watch a football game. It's a it's a horrendous Don't they environment down there. In, like parking lots. They know in like yeah. <laughs> like everyone else, right? My, like in the no, he means parking decks. Oh parking wow! Decks. Because yeah, yeah. it's um that that stadium is literally in the middle of campus, so it's not like a typical college. That football seems dangerous venue. to like have a grill going. They, in a park. Not, the you're not allowed to. Fourth floor. You're not yeah. like allowed to. Right. I, okay. I went there once. It's a cool atmosphere in terms of like if you're a student, you could go to your house, walk, you're within walking distance. The bars are there, are cool in College Park, but nobody goes to the games. It's going to be dead quiet for a noon game. I just think both teams will kind of come out sluggish. Maybe there's a way that maybe I'm going to give Chris Ash the benefit of the doubt here. Maybe he's right about the big plays, and there are only a few of those. So if they just limit like half of the big plays, they'll limit half the scoring. Maybe. 
I'm just going to say that they find a way to cover this week. They lose, but they cover. I would say that I have no feel for this game. But you have to make the pick. line has moved from like 21 to 25. And I know, look, lines move all the time and they're wrong. I just can't. They lost to Illinois 38-17. Like, we didn't talk about the game, but Illinois sucks. Like, Illinois is a bad yeah, team. Bad. Rutgers, you know, beat them pretty well last year. And was I think it was 35-24 on the road. Rutgers ran all over them. And then Illinois comes in, and it was 38-17. I didn't see the game, but, you know, you can see, you know, you see the box score. Illinois ran for over 300 yards from what I heard from, from Mike and other people who watched the game. This team, like, I can't – I feel like I, I was burned when I said take Indiana minus 17 – but I would, I would just say, I would take Maryland. Like, I just, I don't trust this Rutgers team right now to play a competitive game against anybody. And they're on the road. And look what they've done on the road so far this season. Like, they, they've only played two road games, but Kansas. True. That was the last time they went on the road, it was Kansas. That was a really like, dumb point by me Kansas. about the whole environment. Because like, that Kansas environment sucked and they didn't show up that day. So I don't know why. I'm there were some, yeah, there were some really excited kids in the crowd. I was like, oh, that's a little, that's a little Adam, Adam Helfgott, but uh, right. a little Adam uh, Kansas. Kansas yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, like, so way worse so, than being out freaking middle of, yeah. um, you know, um, but, Lawrence. But yeah, like they lost the game at Kansas, got Fair. destroyed. Yeah. I just I can't trust them to stay competitive. This so give me is, Maryland. Is this going to be the first time where like you and I have gone first and Mike actually has the decide? Yeah, I was thinking matters. that. Yeah, matters. Mike's vote matters. My vote matters. And so I put a lot of thought into this. Maryland minus twenty five. We need this to get to five hundred. There's no way I'm going to bet on Rutgers to get to five hundred. Are you crazy? No, we're, we're, no we, to get over feet. over five hundred. Oh, yeah, to get over five hundred. Uh, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> did you? I, I know you didn't watch it, and like I know you didn't watch it. But you guys have watched Rutgers this year. Like, why would we That's ever, my idea, right? Like, I, it's like, I, I don't have a good feel for this game. I know Maryland's not very like, good. Let, 25 is a lot, but it's like, how can I trust about, them? Like, let's think about the other way. Like, one of you just said, oh, you know, if they cut down on all those big plays, maybe their defense gets better. Oh, you know, if Art Sikowski can't complete 13 straight passes again and go 9 of 9 on a drive, maybe they lose 38 to 10. Sure, but... Like the, literally, the literally, offense has just... the offense has shown improvement, so I, I am I am thinking they it, score. A you little know what? Bit. No, no, because it was deceiving. He had two uh, interceptions, one worse than the other, right. where he threw to no one. But Mike, but Mike, that, like that's we said that from the beginning. That hasn't one changed drive from the a game of the year. doesn't mean that it's like showing improvement. It just means you have one touchdown no, I, drive. You complete thirteen passes, and you're you're crushing a freshman right now. For I'm not. Cru- I'm like I'm not like. Blaming him per se, yes, he's a freshman quarterback. That's what cr- freshman quarterbacks do. I'm fine with it. I think there's a long. I view. think there's a noticeably different feel from Kansas to right now offensively. They they are sure. not good. Okay, but fine. they are not like they. But that's right. still that, but, that is still. But here's, here's like what I'll say: marginal. Do you trust them to go on the road and not get annihilated? And to me, the answer is no. I don't think the road thing matters in this one. But I, I just I you just alone, you could just say, do you trust them in general? I, I shouldn't have any trust in them going to this game. But I, and I understand we, it's a high line. So by have, Saturday, it'll be Rutgers they, money line. They have played some. No, no, I won't do that. I won't <laughs> do that. If, if there's any week to bet Rutgers money line, just yeah, it would be. Yeah, I guess the odds are going to be so high. This game has just been bizarre in the history since both have joined the Big Ten. I mean that that game under flood where they came back and beat them. Like there, there's been some just bizarre Rutgers Maryland games. Like I, I just sure could it be a blowout? Yeah, this is a really really awful awful defense. And that is what probably will be the difference in the end of the day in terms of obviously wins and loss with them in this one. I just, I, I don't know. I'm going to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. And like, 
They lost by 21 to Illinois. I think it'll be around the same thing for for Maryland. Spreads at 25, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say they just they they will cover this week. Listen, Rutgers is about plus 1400 money line. No, I'm not taking money line. It's better than against Buffalo. Would you get? Would you get? I kind of like that. 200. No, I think it was more a little bit more than that. Okay. Well, they're plus we tease. No, the problem with Buffalo is we tease that we, with with a pick that we were correct on, which was when yeah, would be I was Boston gonna say College. that's not the problem. The problem so, is you bet Rutgers money line. All right, so I guess we are we are taking uh, uh, Maryland to cover this week. Yeah, Maryland minus twenty five. It'll be fine. I, I have a feeling it'll be okay. Uh, all right, guys, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Are You Screw podcast. Thanks for listening, and feel free to replay this Saturday once Rutgers is down like thirty five to nothing in the first half. We'll provide the uh, the white noise for the yeah, second half. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for Adam, for Max. Pay the players. I'm Mike. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>